Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Welcome to episode 44 of Running Matters. My name is Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host Paul Hadfield. How are you today, mate? Yeah, good, Woofie. Sunday morning, no long run yet, so I'm a little bit edgy. Bit antsy. Yeah, did you get out this morning? Yep, had a long run, good turnout, a bit windy this morning, but it's always nice to get out on a Sunday long run. Yeah, I was stuck at home with the girls, unfortunately. Yep. Might have to go the afternoon bus. Nice one, you'll probably get a few takers. I don't know, I reckon everyone's already been out today. Yeah. Shane, you been out for a run, man? Haven't been out this morning, oh, no. Maybe no. so. Mm. Mm. Alright, we'll talk later. And uh, our special guest today is Ben Berriman. Thanks for giving up your time today, Ben. No problem. It's great to be here. Good stuff. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank our partners, Ranoa Sydney Brewery. We've got a couple of uh, glamour, glamour ales. Glamorama. Let's give them a crack. Delightful. Is it too early? 10 o'clock? <laughs> Nobody knows what time it is. No. Well, I just said it. So it's 12 o'clock somewhere. What do they say? You don't have a problem unless someone tells you? <laughs> Don't say anything. <laughs> Don't say anything. It's all right. They just extended the uh, they extended the uh, lockout laws the lockout as of this morning, so you right. guys should be safe. Sweet. That's right. And the sun's coming up early. So it's got the government stamp. We're good. Yeah. The sun was up at five thirty, so it's feeling closer to lunchtime. Uh, Goo Energy, Gaimi Allied Health, Fractal Running Caps. Benny, I've got a Fractal oh, Running Cap much. for you, mate. Nice looking hat. Yeah, you'll enjoy running in that one. Absolutely. I'd also like to thank Jimmy Carroll for doing the editing behind the scenes. Uh, what about yourself? How do you want to talk about some results? Yeah, so we're just coming off the back of the Coastal Classic yesterday. So, yeah, it's bloody windy day, 50k westerly coming up over the hill there. So it was a tough race. But we had some really good results from some friends of the show and ex-interviewees. So second place overall, in the, overall Justin Lucas in 218. And fourth place, Chris Truscott in 2.26. And then another friend of the show, Craig Anderson, came in eighth in 2.33. So some quick, quick blokes. And then in the females, Sarah Tapp, another interviewee, fifth overall in the women's, 2.55. And then just last week, we had the Wingello Trail Fest. So the WTF, great name for those. <laughs> yeah. Great name. So we had, yeah, some good results. So... Second in the 50K, Scoot Richmond, 349. And Ange Tockley came second in the 50K in the female. So oh, nice. another friend, yeah, 447. And then uh, the 24K, third place was Andrew Lennon. So, mate, we're getting some uh, some big results from the Running Matters podcast family. Yeah. And then a big, big result for uh, Steve Redfern over in France, the UTMB, the big dog. He uh, came across the line in the 100-mile event, the, the proper UTMB, I guess, 31 hours, 32 minutes. Wow. What a machine. Mm, that's a long day and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah bloody oath. So that put him up towards, you know, de- definitely the top sort of 5%, I would have thought, in the race. So well done, Steve. Spectacular results, guys. Well done. So, Ben, you're 44, you've got two kids age six and nine, and your wife, Kel's a bit of a runner as well. What does she get up to? Oh, uh, yeah. She's, uh, she's a reluctant runner, I think, is probably the, t- is the way she would... She would say she's not a runner, but I, I think she's done UTA 50, 
and she's that's a runner. Oh, okay, that's a runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a runner. Definitely. She, she's done plenty of uh, plenty of half marathons, oh. and um, she's a runner. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, the early signs we organised years ago in in fat ass running days when they were sort of at their peak. We organised what was going to be twelve hours on Gadumba um, at night. Like just start up at, and down. Yeah, up and down. Start at eight at night, finish at eight in the morning. And fair to say, nobody got close to the twelve hours. Everyone packed it in. I think the most laps anyone did was four, and they bailed on that. No um, surprises there. <laughs> no, not really. He came up with that idea. Uh, Sean Greenhill and myself, I think. Yeah, probably right, know yeah. Sean that yeah, has yeah, the yeah, uh, mountain sure. sports. So I think um, that was yeah. It's a fair while ago now. So yeah. she she was out there as long as anyone. Really. So. Not, not maybe not at the pace that some of the guys and other runners put but, out, but, but in terms of time frame, really, yeah, stuck it in as long as anyone. So writing's been on the wall for a long time that she is in fact a runner. She's got some talent, um, clearly. She, yeah, look, she's. I think she enjoys more getting out with friends. So her, her three of her friends and and Kel did six foot track last weekend. Okay. Um, just as a yeah, for like a full day out. It yeah. was sort of. Just, for fun. just get out for fun, sort of thing. So she likes to get out there with groups of people and do things that are a bit of a challenge. So for someone who's clearly a runner and clearly got some talent, why do you say she's a reluctant runner? She just keeps telling me she's not a runner. Right. So, so what and is everyone she else that listens, that's a good question, isn't it? I think I think she is a runner, okay. without a doubt, without a doubt. I think she probably gets caught up in comparing times to people and yeah, right. And you know that concept that people that. I guess people that many people have that if you're not running at a certain pace, you're not a runner, which I, I don't subscribe to yeah. in any way, because if you're doing the events, you're in it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I still can't believe you came up with twelve hours of Kadamba. <laughs> I, I reckon it's going to come back. I've, yeah. got, I've got a feeling it's going to come back. Yeah. It was there was a lot of interest at the time, oh. um, despite <laughs> the fact that nobody stuck it out. It was crappy. It was a crappy <laughs> night. It was. It was between Christmas and New Year, because um, we were looking for maximum chance for there being some light either side, yeah. and it ended up being about two degrees, as only the upper mountains can serve up wow. in December, January time frame. It was freezing, and it was wet at the start, and and yeah, so I think that was as big a factor as any. Well, mental health medication's come a long way <laughs> since then, so you probably get a few more starters. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've got a sadistic edge, don't you? Like you've come up with this roll the dice as well, which I want to chat about in more detail. Yeah, what is it that that drives you to come up with things that that go all night? Oh, I think the idea of just offering people a chance to do something that's going to challenge them. Yeah, but it has to be different. I think is what interests me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there's a and and I'm all for it. But there's a real trend for every 100k, 100 mile event that's come out in the last five years is billing itself as the the hardest ever, yeah. you know, steepest, more climbing. Yeah. And and they're great events, mm. but there's got to be other events that exist out there as well. Yeah. And other ways of making it interesting, I guess, mm. is well, what interests me. Yeah, adding that through the night factor, yeah. I mean, that, that's where it becomes challenging, I think, you know, when you're adding that sleep deprivation, that's, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into roll the dice yeah, in no the details, problems. and you can tell me how soft I am. <laughs> so uh, you grew up in uh, Winmalee. Yeah, uh, must have been nice growing up in the mountains, backing onto bush. Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I just uh, like genuinely getting home from school, and 
it was probably the sportiest street I could imagine existing in terms of the other kids that lived in the street. Yeah. So you're either on the street, and it was real traditional. You know, if it was, if you turned on Channel Nine and there was cricketers on the TV, then you played cricket on the street. Yeah. There was. I remember once suggesting we play touch football in summer, and it was just blow ups. Absolutely. What are you thinking? You're nuts. <laughs> sort of or touch, or, or playing touch, touch in winter, or over the back fence, running through the bush, exploring. Um, Potentially, potentially the occasional game of Rock Wars, which was in no one's interest. <laughs> so you're still up there, you're still living in the yeah, mountains yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, so Mount Riverview, which is um, Lower Mountains, Blacksland area. Mm-hmm. So most people know the McDonald's when you first come into, into, into the mountains. Yeah. Um, and if you turn, yeah, basically on a northern ridge that runs off from there. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah, love it. Nice love part it. of the world, nice training ground. I think it's the best place in the world. I think it's unreal. There may be some, some arguments from people that live in other parts of Sydney. I know people get pretty territorial about their patch of uh, patch of national park and stuff, but... We are sitting in God's country, I guess, aren't we? We are lucky. <laughs> we are lucky. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up an argument. No, absolutely, you know. absolutely. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, we, we chose to live, like, actively thought about where we wanted to live when we bought our house. Mm. And it was a, you know, the, the, pos, the positives in the mountains is the, the access to the national park and the national, you know, natural environment. I want my kids to grow up in that okay. like I did. Have rock I guess, fights. Absolutely, rock wars. Yeah. That's it. Go rock climbing with gear that's completely inadequate and no idea what you're doing as a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. All those things. Perfect. Yeah. Um, can't see any issues. No. Um, mother-in-law will love that I'm saying this at the minute. She just <laughs> she will. a friend of the show. She she will. Well, she may be after this episode. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, I guess the compromise you're making, you've just got to be aware. It's it's a pretty pretty monoculture type area in the mountains. So you know, you just got to be aware of that and make sure you get your kids, you know, into Sydney and see that there's more. Oh, a bit, uh, and, bit insular. You it know, is, or, yeah, it can yeah. be absolutely. So just make sure you get kids out and about. But I'm sure, again, I'm sure that's everywhere. You know, yeah, like mate, Southern Shire is exactly like that. Yeah. If you don't get your kids across the bridge from time to time, <laughs> and grow up in this little bubble. Yeah. Don't yeah. See anything else. Mm. No, yeah. So it's good. It's good, yeah. mate. Um, I believe you introduced the Blue Mountains joggers at a pretty young age. Tell absolutely. Us, tell us about that. Yeah. So that's that living in that sportiest street in the world scenario. Mm. Just grew up. You know. There was probably in, in 200-odd houses in the street, you know, at least 75% of them had people who were out physically active. It was just nuts. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole heap of families that were tied up to, to Blue Mountains joggers in the early, like 1980, 1981, sort of thing. I was five, six years old. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the dads, a couple of houses down, he had some kids that were the same age as myself and my brother, and so he would just throw us in the car at 6.30 on a Sunday morning and uh, head up to Tom Under Park, the home of the mighty Springwood Athletics Club and, yeah. and Blue Mountains Joggers, and we'd be up there. Yeah, so so I guess early days, we weren't running the 10, 15K runs that those guys were doing, you know. We'd be taking, taking shortcuts and yeah. and, uh, and that sort of stuff. But did, did they have someone looking after the kids when the, when the grown-ups went? Or not, did no, they... not a targeted person. No, I guess no. the assumption was that if someone brought the kids along, they would Look make sure them. they looked after them. Though I did get lost once or twice because we were taking shortcuts. Like they'd they have their sort of set loops, mm. and we'd be sort of heading out and just going. Oh, I know I can cut through that vacant block of land, and that'll cut two k's off. And, and once or twice I got separated and ended up 
yeah, you know, seven-year-old, clueless as to where I was and just happily stumbled onto someone who came running down the street going, yeah. where, you're going the wrong way, go back that way. But, yeah. But you're here now, so you obviously found your way. Found my way around. Probably yeah. helped me with my ability to get around these days. So. Yeah, using your phone. Using my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's fair to say we didn't run in the Sutherland Shire too often from the joggers. So, yeah, it was a great culture. And some... Some real quality runners. Yeah, back in the eighties and nineties, there was a strong running club. Massive, yeah, yeah. You want to do some name dropping? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Rob Spilling was the was the guy back then. He's, you know, I think he's sort of that level where he would often make New South Wales teams for national cross country and all that sort of stuff. He's got a top ten city to surf finish and a Mm. few other, you know, like that sort of. Yeah. A, a sub thirty minute ten k runner, you know. I think he's, sure. he's he's so he's, yeah. Without being the real elite top one, he's yeah. sort of like the. I said to someone the other day, he was the Jamie Harrison before Jamie Harrison, <laughs> yeah. and then they went, "Who's Jamie Harrison?" So I think so, <laughs> who he was, sort of thing. So yeah, so he'd be the you know the the fun. So those sorts. There was guys around that sort of level, yeah. floating around at that time. But they've housed heaps of fast runners there at, at the joggers. They've four 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 city surf winners. Wow, winners! Time. Yeah, yeah. Like, as in you know, and male, female, yeah, mix of people that have been up there at, at joggers. Yep. Well, one of them fourth might be a, a looser connection. I don't know. We'll take, but, but we'll take it absolutely. Lower mountains and and that sort of thing. So awesome. Yeah, what about the blue running, like blue, blue mountains running scene these days? Is it still yeah. strong? It's massive. Yeah, it's massive, and I guess. You know, the places you see it, this is sort of was my interest in starting the Blue Mountains Marathon Clinic as a Facebook mm. group, really, or it ended up as a Facebook group, it didn't start. Just this realisation of how many runners there are yeah. and how many good run. two different things. You know, there's these constant stream of elite to high-level runners coming yeah. through, plus this huge population of runners, mm. and um, and many of them don't know each other. There's yeah, nothing nothing linking. So you'd be talking to people going, oh, you'd know such and such because they're sort of the same pace as you and they live two doors away and they're going, I've never heard of them sort of thing. And yeah. so, and you know, you, you see, you know, you go to CHS or your all schools cross country and the Blue Mountains kids are always, always at oh. the top end and <laughs> lots of kids, you know, right through from you. Joel Milburns, who's gone through and run 400s at the Olympics through Ben St. Lawrence, mm. you know, come growing up in Boolabara. Decent runner. Decent yeah. runner. He goes all right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so there's those guys, Melinda Vernon, who's, who's one of the City to Surf winners mm. and, and a whole range of other sort of stuff. So just constantly more and more of them coming through sort of thing. So these guys were all in different sort of... Like clicky running groups previously, or yeah, I think that's probably and look, and they're still they're still I think those groups still exist. Yeah, but I think everyone was really yeah just doing their own thing. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and 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 groups knew each you know groups of friends that had grown up would know each other, mm. but there there didn't seem to be as many ways of bigger groups getting you know yeah, the, yeah. the bigger community I guess. And so you feel like the the Blue Mountains running community is sort of banded together. Oh, it's booming, it? I yeah. think now. Okay. And I look certainly not solely based on any one thing, no. but combination of factors. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, so that's all good. So tell us about the the Blue Mountains Marathon Clinic. What's it do? Yeah. What's what's the premise? So I guess what it does and what the premise. Um, <coughs> We're still working towards the premise, I suppose. You know, <laughs> I, guess, I mean, the history of it—the history of it is—and it is—it's—it's—it's 
at the bottom of it, it's just a Facebook page. It's nothing more yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, the, the start of it was was much less honourable. The start of it was was that it was a group of four or five of us out running on a Saturday morning doing a long run, mm-hmm. and two people hadn't turned up. And I was working in sports administration. I had just finished working um, as a rugby in rugby union mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and was in a position where I was ringing through you know the old sports results in the paper every Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I had all the sequence of how to do that you know you ring this number you ask for copy you ask to get put through to this you tell them and i just had it in my head that the person taking the notes down couldn't care less who you are or what you're giving them Mm. if you sounded like you were supposed to be there they'd take them and put them in and so we just had it in our heads that well let's just those guys should have been here let's uh let's ring the sports results this afternoon and we'll ring up and we'll go, you know, Blue Mountains Marathon Clinic, uh, marathon results first. And then we had this other category. Which, DNF. Yeah, DNF type category. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, ha- and uh, yeah, and we, they published it, which was hilarious. <laughs> I wish I'd kept a copy. Um, I just, it was... Um, but um, But then we had the conversation out of that around, you know, that was just a bit of a, a, bit of a piss take, really. Yeah. But... It sort of triggered the conversation about you know actually having mm. how do we actually get more people around and and it was right on the peak of some of the trail running doing well in the mountains so so you got like Mick Donges who who grew up in the mountains was mm. still living local Andy Lee just won his first ultra trail North Face North. or the yeah, ultra trail now Ardip had just beaten the six foot record yeah. at the time the sleep train uh, the sleep train yeah. absolutely um, so you sort of had this. Combinate. Brendan Davies was just was talking about moving back to the you know, into the mountains, and yeah, yeah. so he had this concept that all these guys are happening right now, mm. um, and and I guess that was the start of the conversation. How do we how do we get all these people talking to each other, feeding and, off each other, feeding off each other yeah. and and all those other and then this broader range of people. How do we get them to link up, sort of thing? And so it started as a web page. Mm. Um, I guess Facebook was still competing with MySpace at that time. You know, it was it was, they were both new sorts of things, yeah. and and then and then there was um, we just after a while we saw the the Penrith Institute of Sport Ironman crew doing their thing in Facebook, and just went that's heaps easier, yeah, um, heaps easier than doing a fail website. So yeah, yeah. So I guess that's where it came about. And you use that as a tool to promote other events. Yeah. that you're hosting in the area, formal and informal. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. essentially anything that's anything that's running or running related, um, we're happy to, to, chuck, on to chuck on there. Mm. And I'll keep pushing out all the time to people. It's never supposed to be me just putting everything on there. And we've, we've made a big shift in the last 12 months. There's now a broader range of people posting stuff on there, using that platform yeah. to post stuff, which mm. is really good. Um I promoted the Royal Double Ultra. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got a couple of runners come down too, yeah. I think. Yeah. The Philpots came down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and Tony. Shout out to Corey yeah. and Sean yeah. and, and Tony, Tony Williams. Williams was yeah. down there, Blue Mountains Fitness. Yeah, so. There was a few Blue Mountains Fitness guys mm. down there. Quite yeah. a big group, actually. But, yeah, that's yeah. right. So I guess um, that's been the thing that's run parallel, which I think probably the things that have boosted the community so much. Certainly, I think that's been has had a role in some of the, the events that we've run. Mm. We we try and make it as you know like something that gets everybody accessible yeah. um, and into. But then you know you've got the growth of coaching as a concept. Like mm-hmm. 
I was talking to friends about it the other day, you know, seven, eight years ago. Who was getting who coached? Was getting coached? Yeah, no, right. elite people were getting coached and juniors at athletics clubs. And mm. and so I think the growth of coaching and, you know, Brendan's up coaching yeah. is a massive movement, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and in the mountains it's got its base there and Tony's got his Blue Mountains fitness group and there's a couple of others, Darren Purcell with Fit Threes fighting around the mountains. There was a, there was a Sweat Blue Mountains Mm-hmm. Um, coaching group running. Ben St. Lawrence has really pushed his his um, run, run through crew, stuff crew, as well. So I think those things happening as well. And then the running shop, um, the Blue Mountains Running Company yep. at Glenbrook was the final piece. Like it, it was the thing that that was missing. Yep. Somewhere to be able to go and get gear and and, yeah. and stuff locally. Without can we talk about online. that? Tell us about that. Yeah, about the Blue Mountains Marathon. The running company. Running company. Yeah, well, look, that's um, I mean, I guess it is. It's a specialist trail running shop. Yep. Um, they do have some road shoes and stuff in there, but essentially, it's 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 pitched purely at 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 the trail running scene. So if I go in there asking for a pair of road shoes, yeah. do they sort of discourage me from buying those? No, no, no. They've got they've got a, they've got um, they don't discourage it. No, they <laughs> they might question you. Like, what do you mean? Like. Um, but having said that, I insisted until three, four years ago that, that there's no difference. Yeah, um, right. And what do you need these fancy shoes Oh, you for? didn't buy into it? No. No? No. I was in, I was in, I was in Asics Keanos and uh, New Balance, oh, yeah, all the road shoes at yeah, the yeah. O um, for ages. Uh, it's only, I suppose, having access to those other shoes in the last couple of years yeah. and and I look, they, they, they're okay, they're <laughs> comfortable, and I really like the shop, I really do, but, you know, there's pretty minor differences in Australia between yeah. running yeah, in the yeah, national yeah, parks yeah, yeah. and running on the road. If I can it's see... Tr- it's really only when it's muddy, like, when yeah. you, I reckon, when you're running through the mud or yeah. on, on rocks, I reckon. A couple of times I've been in places where I felt that there was a difference, yeah. but... You know, so, I don't know, Mount Solitary Ultra, when you come off Mount Solitary and you're coming around Federal Pass before you head up further stairs. There's been, there was one or two years where we had lots of rain that sort of... Yeah, so yeah, it's slippery and stuff, and so I felt that. But I think Australia generally is less of an impact than, mm. you know, if you're in Europe where you're, where you're running through, you know, mud, yeah. knee-deep mud and stuff, I think... Up and down, different. Man, up and down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can, bigger what, difference. But, but what about sort of the idea that wearing road shoes during a trail event is just yuck? Should you be wearing those New Balance shoes in a trail event? Just get with the program. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I did for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't same, know. Same. I've like, always sort of worn road six shoes. Foot, six foot, there is no no need to wear anything. Yeah. I mean, if you want to and you feel comfortable, great. Yeah. But there's no you don't need a different pair of shoes to run six foot track than you right. do for running yeah. run Sydney Marathon. Definitely not. Yeah. You know, like it's all groomed fire trail. That's yeah. right. It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Mount Solitary, yeah, I can see that. And, yeah. and there's times where where there's events. Some of those some of those Victorian events, I reckon. Yeah, there's the probably, yeah, sure. there's some value in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go. <laughs> but yeah, but the running shop's good. I love the running shop. I've got to and say that they look after me a little bit occasionally. And they've got the cafe. They've got the cafe. Yeah, cafe. Yeah. So Shane and Belinda Simpson that yeah. own those two. They own they own two double seven three next door. Yeah. And um, the running shop, I believe, sits as part of that whole like the shop itself yeah. sits as part of, of the land and buildings that they own there. Yeah. Um, so it's just the perfect combo. I think they got inspired from some of Shane's trips overseas. He's 
done some pretty insane things. He yeah, he's done Tar- Leadville. I was yeah. chatting to him. Yeah, Tahoe two hundred yeah. and yeah, those right. So, um, so I think they got inspired from some of their trips and some of the shops they've seen. Yeah, over Lo- there, lovely people, unreal, yeah. very generous, yeah. very but, generous. And that cafe is awesome too. It's gold. Yeah, I'd recommend yeah. anyone. Going through Glenbrook. 2773. Yep, 2773. Yeah, that's it. Grab a coffee, something to eat, and go and buy some trail shoes next door. Yeah. And the kids... Yeah, yeah, look, like I said, they've looked after me a little bit. Yeah, nothing major. Oh, yeah, well, it is very generous, because I... I'm sub-elite nobody, and they've given... We're giving them a plug True, true, absolutely. So, um, yeah. But if you're not up. going through the mountains, I'd recommend going to Ranala. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's... You, know, yes, you, you don't go up there to get shoes. You can go yeah. to Ranala to get shoes. Yeah, yeah but you, couldn't anyway. get co- you wouldn't get coffee down here. No. No. No, no. no. no coffee. Shot. Shocking coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're just sub-elite as it comes too, Wolf. So oh, yeah. yeah uh, they look after you as well. Yeah, and I've got a coffee problem. Yeah. Amongst other things. Uh, how, how nice is this Sydney brewery, Glamorama? The, the Glamorama. Mm, I love so. it. Hey, speaking of feet and such, I, I've seen a few photos of yourself on, on Facebook or Instagram, yeah. whatever. Um, you seem to have a very strong sock game going on. Absolutely. It, yeah. What, what's all that about, mate? I don't know. I just... I do know. So <laughs> it's evolved, again, it's evolved over time. It's something that started as a... So in my background's on a PE teacher is, is what I've done for 20 years. I haven't been in front of a class for a couple of years now. I've moved sort of through different roles, but I genuinely ran out of socks because <laughs> washing my own clothes is something I maybe aren't so... I'm not so it wasn't a strong point. <laughs> it wasn't a strong point. And I just grabbed a pair of Kells socks from the drawer, yeah. which happened to be pink. And, um, well, and There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And for, for, for people listening, the florist... Loves getting around yep. in fluoro pink and yellow and yeah. any socks. Well, go on, sorry. So the outcome was that I was getting them on to go for a run after work, and a couple of people just lost their minds about the fact I was wearing pink socks. Yeah, right. And so I just determined from that point on I was going to wear pink socks every day. Yeah. So and and I'd wear them to school, and the kids would freak out. They would absolutely they'd be losing their minds. Yeah. You've got pink socks, you know, and. And so as long as they were freaking out about me wearing pink socks, I kept on doing it. Yeah. And then and then I just, yeah, it evolved into wearing longer pink socks so they were more obvious when I was running. And, Makes um, sense, doesn't and, it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I have to say some of those, some of those socks that we've run in, mm. they're not great for your feet. Oh, right. Yeah, the cheaper, you know, you go to the, the sock store, the $2 something. sock stall in yeah. the middle of the plaza sort of thing and... Yeah, potentially running 45Ks in a pair of those is not the best thing for your toes. <laughs> but, um, but it makes it easy to find your photos. Bloody hell. Well, I could find them pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what about split shorts? Do you ever wear split shorts? Oh, I, they're coming back, aren't they? I, Have you the, heard the, 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 the Luke, 80s? The Luke Doyle specials. I don't, do you know Luke? is the race director for Mount Solitary. He's I don't know. Top no, guy, no, real no. nice guy. He loves the split shorts. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've worn split shorts since about 1995. Yeah, that was the right answer. It was. Yeah. Good, we got good. a couple of photos from our Ranola social run yesterday with 
the Wolfman here yeah. mm. in just the highest the, cuts. The shorts, 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 I reckon there's a lot of white yeah. leg up. There's a lot of white leg up high. Almost translucent. Yeah. I was going to say if you make it through, if you make it through the Kenyan Marathon trials, I reckon there's a place for it. The Ineos Breaking Two project. It's all right. Yeah, I didn't know you could buy split shorts anymore. He cuts his own. He just sort of slices them right up the edge. You just wait. Everyone will be doing it. Three inch splits. Yeah, I did. I did. To be fair, I did have a period dominated by triathlon over running, and potentially I was wearing lycra shorts mm. for much of that, which mm. is probably not much different, or it is different, but not much better. It's a different kind. Of it's yeah. a different kind. Yes. It isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> hey, um, <clears throat> put a note here. Have you got a funny story about Trevor Hamilton? Yeah, what do you know about Trevor? Well, what, do, you about? Have, do, you a, do you have a story that you can share with us? Is there something, oh, something oh, Trevor... specific one? I like to think because he's um, so he was a maths teacher of mine. I don't know. Do you know of Tre- So he's a he's a city to surf. Yeah, legend. He's done every city to surf. Yeah, um, every single every one. single one. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so I know two guys actually that have done every single one. So one year he shouldn't have done he it. He shouldn't have done because it because he did yeah, it on yeah. crutches after knee surgery. That's right. That's what I was getting. Yeah, at. absolutely. Yeah. So 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 tricky because he's, he's a bull ant. So similar theme to the bushies, from what I understand. It's all yeah. nicknames yeah. and 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 you know hidden under cloak and dagger sort of secrets about how they operate. But um, so tricky has done every city to surf. He was a maths teacher. Of mine and his parents, he he was good friends with my parents, being in teaching sort of circles sort of thing, and um, so he looked he looked after us lots as a as a high school student with running and stuff. But yeah, so city to surf, he my understanding he did his knee completely destroyed his knee skiing, um, love skiing, and was knee brace crutches and managed to negotiate that he could start an hour ahead of the main start time because he'd done every one. Wow. And, um, and, and yeah, off he set on his crutches. And I believe, you've, I'd have to find that the year it was, but if you're watching the footage from that year as the leaders are coming up Heartbreak Hill, there he is crutching his way up Heartbreak Hill really? as they come he running past. That far. Yeah, so he's done well. He's got an hour ahead. Yeah, got halfway through. Imagine doing the first seven kilometres of City Surf with a no couple hundred thousand people yeah. on the sideline. You're Absolutely. going up the road on crutches. Yeah. People so, think we just taking the piss. Wouldn't? Absolutely, what a legend! So yeah, he's he's a legend, and and, and he, for the first twenty Nepean triathlons or twenty five, he'd done every one of those as well. Okay. Um, there's another guy I know too, um, John. I think what his surname is. It'll come to me. Um, John. Ro- no, not Roy. That's the maiden name. Wilcox. Um, he's done every city to surf as well, and until three years ago, he'd done. Every Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon mm. and every Sydney Marathon and every City to Surf. Wow. There was a front page cover of him a couple of years ago on Run for Your Life magazine sort of thing and his health has meant that he can't keep going with the marathon distance stuff anymore yeah. but he's still knocking out the City to Surfs as well. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Consistency. Yeah. Amazing guys. Incredible. Hasn't uh, had a DNF or a DNS. You reckon... The florist has got that sort of record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a city to surf, D, D, DNF. DNS. DNS, yeah. Oh, that's a slightly different category. Oh, actually, your Blue Mountains running clinic thing where you, you put it into the paper for a DNF or a DNS. Yeah, absolutely. The florist would love that. You'd have so many mentions in the paper. You get to mention every event, I reckon. <laughs> oh, mate, that's funny. Hey, can we talk about uh, your 
you know, your, your running career a little bit. I, I noticed you did the GNW 100 yeah, mile. Yeah, two years ago. Years Today, almost. Yeah, yeah it's on been. this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think it Next is. Next like, weekend, maybe. Yeah, you know, the, the world of Facebook memories tells me that it was this time. Yeah, yeah. Last two years ago. And yeah. came in about 31 hours, or something like that? I think I was 34. 34 yeah, hours? I wish it was 30. Oh, maybe I'm thinking that last section. That last section may have taken me a, a real long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was probably on track for 31 until I started that last section. Okay. To what, give you an idea of how bad it went. What happened at the end there? I just... My quads fell apart. Completely okay. fell apart. Yeah. Just, uh, I, the course, you get... You know, the last section, you get to the top of... Um, Batonga and you're looking down at the beach yeah. and you've got this rocky downhill bit which is probably all of about 700 metres and I think it took me 42 minutes to get down 700 metres yeah I just I couldn't I could not get down just things. Up, on up was okay and, and flat was relatively okay but as soon as it was uneven mm. my quads were just cooked mush yeah wow so um yeah, so that was my that's my sole hundred mile at the okay, minute. Very good. Uh, I, I wanted to ask about uh, just a couple of things, just with that time, I guess. So yeah. sleep deprivation. We we're talking about that before. Did yeah. you sleep during that period no, of time? No. no. So I, I that was one of the things that was sort of playing with my head going up to it. I've done a, a few hundred k events and a few Ironman events that take you into the night, but yeah. you always know you. You're going to finish that night, yeah. whether you have a bad day or a good day, you'll yeah, yeah. be heading home or to the, somewhere to have a sleep. Mm. So I didn't know how I was going to respond to not sleeping, mm. but I think I responded all right to that part. Okay. It probably I didn't go well through the night in terms of moving pace or anything, but I didn't massively feel that the lack of sleep hurt me. There was two spots where it was noticeable. I certainly, just before the sun started to rise... Um, I was down in uh, down in A Valley. I don't know the area that well. I was yeah, in A Valley, um, heading up towards Summersby, or is it Summersby? I think it is. Is where there's a checkpoint at one of the primary schools. So you got a bit of a climb up there, and through that valley, I was I was a bit weary, um, but I was running with my support um, person plus um, oh, another name I can't remember. He's just done multiple um, hard rocks. Couple of, uh, he's good friends with Spud Murphy. I remember it sometime soon. But he's just gone. He just gave us some really good advice and just went. When you get to the checkpoint, you want you want ten minutes of sleep, or yeah. not even sleep. Ten minutes of lying down. Yeah. Said it can't be more than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter whether you actually go to sleep or not. You mm-hmm. just need to go. There'll be a room. They'll have mats. Go in there, lie down, have a support person at the door so that they're not stopping you from having sleep. Mm-hmm. But their job is when ten minutes is up is to get you up because if you go past that you'll start to move into actual, you know, actual sleep, sleep. Yeah. And, and it was like I'd slept 8 hours it was ridiculous it was just a reset just reset 10 minutes that combined probably with the sun coming up yeah. sort of thing um, and then in that last section where I said I was just in a world of of just falling apart mm. there was one section where I just had turned, convinced myself I needed to do it again um, and tried to lie down, but I was just on the track, like on a single track on the middle of nowhere, and within about two minutes, my whole body was shaking from the cold from the oh. ground sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that was it, I suppose, yeah, for sleep in 34 hours or so. It's amazing. We've yeah. heard that a number of times, haven't we? Like yeah. that two minutes even of yeah. sleep that yeah. we're talking about that's been so refreshing. It's such a yeah. bizarre situation. Just giving you, I guess, your mind and your body time just to think about nothing because I mm. guess your body's exhausted as well, yeah. but your mind's working just as hard, isn't it? So yeah. having that mm. 
having that two to ten minutes where you let your mind just switch off and have a break as well. Yeah, I, I can. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think. Yeah, I think that's probably you probably got it right. You just you're turning your head off. Yeah. For that ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I did get at one stage through the night. I just said I didn't go that bad through the night, but <laughs> at one stage through the night, I tripped on about the fifth stick in two minutes. Mm. And just went into this complete tirade of who the f's dropped all these sticks on the track. <laughs> now we're in the middle of the bush on a fire trail, you know, and I'm blowing up that someone's been dropping sticks on the track to trip me over. So, so, so there were instances where I was probably not thinking so clearly. You're big uh, dastardly up ahead of you dropping <laughs> sticks. Oh. It's a deliberate ploy. Someone's out to get me. Were you having but, some caffeine to to perk you up? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I look, I slight coffee addiction already. Mm. So I just. Mm. Not from a target, but like I hadn't planned my nutrition to suddenly input caffeine at this point mm-hmm. in time. I just knew I needed so much coffee to survive a day. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was... Matching that. Match just, yeah, just normal coffee intake. Yeah. Didn't have, I did, probably didn't have more at night. Caffeinated gels for as long as I could stomach gels for, which probably wasn't any more at that point of night sort mm-hmm. of thing. But, yeah. yeah. So, um... You've, besides GNW, the miler, you've also done Ironman triathlon. Yeah. You've done North North Face as it was, yeah. and and UTA hundreds as well. Yeah. You've done Oxfam Trail Walker hundred. Yeah. Uh, you've got your six foot buckle, which means you've done five six six foots. of those six six, six of those six six foots is yep. uh, is a buckle. Yep. yep. Um, Mount Solitary and Glowworm Marathon. So it's quite a list of endurance events. Yeah. That, that's pretty impressive. I note that you started and you, you did your first Glenbrook uh, half marathon, a 25-kilometre run at, at the age of 15. So you started pretty young yeah. in, in that, was in, into that sort of endurance running. Do you put that down to, you know, your dad's influence running in those, think, being in the uh, running clubs at a young age? Yeah, I think there's probably... So the first one is just being around people that did all those events yep. in our street, you know. Um, so they were constantly people that were a bit older than you, constantly doing things in adults. Mm. I think the other thing is that there was, there weren't the like the junior options that exist now. Like they didn't exist. Mm. Like my first triathlon was, in the, I think it was about fifteen as well. It was in the Pan Triathlon. It was when it used to be at the river. Yeah, at at, uh, at Penrith there. I did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great course. Yeah. I think I had like a fourteen k run through the hills of Leanay to finish with. But mm-hmm. there was no such thing as junior triathlon series. Like, if you wanted to do a triathlon, Olympic distance was the entry level. Yeah, yeah. and so that's what you did. Yeah. Um, and same, I think probably with the running, probably so a combination of what was available, mm-hmm. and then just other people around. Normalizing. Normalizing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up so sleep train. Yeah, we grew up we grew up together. We different high schools but same you know, playing against each other in sport and stuff and you know, he's 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 the sorts of guys you're looking at around you and he's yeah. off off smashing these events mm. as a as as someone who's your peer and then you go, Well if he's doing it I'm not gonna go as fast as him mm. but I you know, it's just what you did sort of thing. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny like the people that we know like the Steve Redferns and um, you know the Simone Hayes that are doing these ultra events they they are just like us you know they they they've obviously got a strong will and they can they can push harder and um, but it does normalise it they they make make it seem attainable you make know? the insane seem real <laughs> yeah that's right yeah I think yeah. it's something important for everyone that's in it to remember at times is mm. is that 
you're already doing things that are beyond the not beyond everyone can do it, but are beyond most people's perceptions of what they can do. Oh, it's proper and, nutty. Like and, seriously, when you look back, like you take a step out of your little group. Yeah. And I talk to patients at work about it regularly, and they just can't get over it. Like yeah. You're doing 100 Ks? What are you talking about? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But within our little circle of nutcases, it's yeah. all normal stuff. Yeah. I casually yeah. dropped in a conversation, and gen- it was genuinely just not thinking about it because you normalise it yeah. with someone the other day where I went, yeah, yeah, I visited um, Woodna in South Australia when I, when I rode from Perth to Sydney. <laughs> and they were like, like, when you rode from Perth to Sydney, I went, yeah, yeah I did that. But you, because you... You're just around people that do stuff <laughs> all the time and you sort of, it just becomes, yeah, you, you, your peer group yeah. normalise that behaviour. So that's probably the, the biggest thing and just, you know, the challenge. And, yeah, you got to keep challenging yourself. Yeah. The concept of doing Woodford to Glenbrook as a 15-year-old was I, I, all my mate's older brothers had done it when they were 15 mm. or 16. Yes. So why wouldn't you? Right, right. passage. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So. Tell us about that ride from Perth uh, to Oh yeah, that was good. That was um, that was a fundraising ride. Was that so, in the race or? No, 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 I didn't do that race one. It was, yeah. it was mine. Was a it was a holiday on bikes. You know, okay. like you basically it was it was raising money. Um, it was a fundraising ride, so you you just had to get yourself to Perth when you got there. In fact, the bushies um, they've got their trailer with the barbecue set up and stuff that was on the support crew Um, and they um, yeah you basically you turned up and someone had organised the accommodation on the way so it was you had set places to be each each day you weren't just riding and stopping when you felt like it Uh, it was about four and a half weeks I think and when we got through South Australia there was another group that that were doing that were doing Adelaide to Sydney that, that joined us so we went from eight or nine people to 15, 16 people and then there was another group that started in Hay okay. and rode the last week. So our distances yeah. got smaller because as those other groups joined, yeah. you know, we were doing days in the opening weeks that were two hundred K days sort okay. of thing. We partly come across the nullable, you don't have a lot of options. No, to be honest, yeah, yeah. Either you're either doing ninety Ks or hundred and eighty and ninety was never going to get us across yeah. in any time. Um but outside of the riding, the riding bit obviously is physically taxing and, and sitting back on the same seat every day for, mm. for four and a half weeks obviously takes an impact on certain parts of your body. <laughs> I learned to wear two pairs of Nicks um, very quickly. Um, so it's a great trip, great trip. But then, yeah, like you'd pack up your, your sleeping bag and stuff and throw it in the back of the car mm. and you'd ride for a couple of hours and there on the side of the road was the Bushies trailer set up for lunch and you'd jump off your bike and... And eat your food and then jump back on your bike and keep on going through. And yep. so it was all, you know, outside of riding, you didn't have to think about much else for four and a half weeks. So that sounds amazing. It was great. Really? Some amazing stuff you see when you're traveling at that speed, I suppose. Yeah. Like there's places, the Nullarbor Plain section, I had no idea how different it was going to be from mm. like, even within a day. Like you're riding along in one section. And then mm. a couple of hours later, everything's completely different. Mm. And so yeah, right. what was going to be in my head a week of just pushing through just, just became just this incredible experience of seeing a completely different country around okay. you all the time. Yeah, I've got this idea in my head that it's just 
flat desert for I reckon, four days. I reckon driving, that could be the perception you get because yeah. you're travelling faster and you might not pick up the yeah. the smaller nuances of change around you. But okay. when you're on the bike and you're taking your you're obviously taking more time. Mm. Those changes become more, more obvious, and you, yeah, you know. I guess the car separates you a little bit from, yeah, from what's happening outside, sort of thing. So in your little lounge room, yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah that was good. That was good. Cool. Yeah, you're um, you're on the committee for Running Wild for the first few seasons, yeah. and you've been the race director for the Napsat lap race yeah. for the last 10 years yeah Are you continuing in that role um indefinitely at the moment i've, I've tried to pull out twice <laughs> um, um at one point you know work and family was all that was changing mm. and 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 i so of those ten, oh, this is the 10th year this year there was one year in there that i um i'd sort of tried to hand the reins over and someone had put the hand up to help but then their circumstances didn't really lend itself so i ended up I got to run that year, which was good. Yeah, it's the only time I've ever got to run it. Yeah. but I probably did a lot of the you know, help them almost almost as much as if you were doing it yourself anyway. Right. Um, I certainly will do. I said a couple of years ago, I'd definitely do the ten years now, which is this year. Yeah. Um, I've changed some things with work, which means there's probably capacity to keep doing it. I enjoy it. Yeah, you know, it brings with it challenges. It's a great event. We went and did it in 2014. Like a few of our, our local yeah, yeah. runners, yeah, we went up there and did it. It was a great day. It's unreal. It yeah, I mean, I mean, I stole the idea blatantly straight off mountain biking. Yeah, you know, yeah. they've got their enduro format, and and when Running Wild started up, interestingly, Knapsack was not on the original draft list of events. Yeah, um, they had their. Their season of short, the short course events, which is you know your standard every month events, and then they had their three big dogs, big dogs that they were going to sell it off. Um, you know, Mount Solitary, Glenbrook Marathon, and the proposal had been for an event in the Gross Valley. Okay. Um, and at that point in time, that was pre Honslow. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point in time, National Parks' response essentially was um, that the south side is for racing on, and the north side is for gentle meandering through the woods. Um, and there that, will never and was, there will never be an event in the Gross Valley, so don't worry about it. That Basically, was the chat. That was essentially the feedback that was got. And there's some changes in national parks, I believe. Um, and certainly, you know, Sean Greenhill was involved in the initial setup yeah. of Running Wild. The first three guys were were Phil Murphy, uh, Rod Cutler, and Sean Greenhill. They were the first three guys. Yeah. Came off the back of a lot of pressure from national parks on fat ass events. Mm. Um, you know, you can't really tell us you're not organising an event when 200 people turn up at the same time to run the same course. They gave you grief about how many people turned up. Yeah, wow. for those fat-ass events back okay. in those. And and so that's the history of yesterday's event. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, I've done the course when it was a fat-ass event. Mm-hmm. There was um, not an event, fat-ass run that yeah. people yeah. happened to turn up to. Um, but there was, and my understanding is down in Victoria, they actually went so far as issuing fines to a couple of guys okay. down there who had ignored it. I think that might be so, the the two bays run now as right. an event, I think is the one that it was. Hmm. Um, so the writing was on the wall that either either these events, like Mount Solitary was a fat-ass event, Glenbrook Marathon used to be run on Australia Day yeah. as a fat-ass event. These events are either going to just stop completely hmm. or, make it, or make it official. And, and, if, and so I guess... That was Sean and Rod and Phil, and I know a couple of the guys of that group were big on, on keeping it 
as low cost as possible, mm-hmm. offer it people. So, you know, it's something people haven't had to pay for previously. Mm-hmm. So we're going to suddenly turn that into an event. How do we make that? So that's where the not-for-profit yeah. organisation background came from with Running Wild. Well, the Running Wild events are cheap, you know, like comparatively yeah. they yeah. still are. They're gold. I went to enter another event, which I haven't done for a while, which is not a Running Wild event. I was a bit blown away by the entry fee, but mm. that's, you know, people trying to make a living as well. You've got to pay for income when you're Running Wild's not profit. They don't have that added factor they have to worry about. Of course. Um, yeah. I don't, look, I'm a bit biased, but I don't think you miss out on anything at their event that you get from any other not event. Right, mate. And, um, I've done Mount Solitude probably five times now yeah. under Running Wild. It's I've done yeah, the lap race at Knapsack yeah. a bunch of times as well. Brilliant events, yeah. you know. What, what are you missing? That's it. What are you missing? That's right. And so, yeah. So anyway, so the lap race came about because of that feedback mm. that, that National Parks had said Gross Valley's off limits, okay. looking for a third big event. Um, mm. and, and I just proposed that we that we steal mountain biking's event. At that point, those mountain biking events were on every second weekend yeah, and no, sell, big, selling out. Yeah. really quick and I said runners will pick this up and the first year no one got it like yeah. they were entering and and we had all these teams going oh we don't all run at the same time sort of thing and yeah. um, but uh, off the back of that first one everybody walked away and just went that's unreal you know like hanging yeah. around the oval between running and, mm. and everyone talks about how hot last year was and it was it was r- ridiculously hot mm. The first year was as bad, okay. and, and we offered a twelve-hour option that year as well, <laughs> and um, yeah. and and it got it was it was the same sort of temperatures as last year, and it was just the fact that we had some guys like Spud Murphy that were really respected in ultra running, done heaps of stuff, mm. walking around going to people. We don't, I we don't think it's a good idea to do twelve hours today. It's going to be forty-five plus degrees, and they convinced everybody except one pair and one solo runner. They that, wouldn't and, be and told. No, they couldn't be told. And then we said, well, we're not running it now. Um, okay. You know, we'll give you a refund. And they said, that's fine, but we're here for the training, so we're going to do it anyway. And so then, so then you sort of went, oh, I sort of felt obliged then to hang around in case they fell over and, you know. <laughs> but without the event, these three nutcases kept going. They said they were going to keep going. So, yeah, so we kept everything up. We pulled it. All the oval and everything got pulled down, but we kept people around to make sure they were okay and access to a food and water and stuff for them. And wow. um, I think the solo runner, he, I think he went for about about ten and a half, eleven hours, and the team got just over eleven hours before the heat just destroyed them and <laughs> and, uh, and they bailed. But That's yeah, crazy. we decided not to offer twelve hours in the middle of January again good, after good that. Yeah. It was definitely hot. The- a few times I've been there, like yeah. not forty five. No, nah. last year, last year. So Lucas, that does the first aid stuff for us, he does it out for the big red run and a whole heap of stuff. Real experience, does all the UTA, mm. first aid, and all the management of stuff. Um, like we spent a long time coming out with a plan mm. to manage heat management to the point that he actually thinks he's that that what we did on that day to help people manage heat mm. is is pretty much the gold standard now like it had taken some three or four different types of research on what you can do and put it together yeah the fact that it's a lap race so you do see people all the time was Mm. a big factor um because i don't think we would have got through an hour last year without luke you know without his plan and um and it was it was yeah but it was he had his little fancy temperature yeah um you know does all the 
the wind versus the humidity versus the and on that oval at the four hour mark the temperature the, the, the direct temperature went over 50 degrees and never went under it for the rest oh, of the day it was didn't in go your, under that no nah, wow no nah. so we were watching it all like you know obviously all day and and there's an element of that's a bit risky but i think that we were really super vigilant, you know, mm-hmm. and observing everybody and not waiting for someone to go pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the signs, identifying what are the signs that Lucas and his team wanted to see before someone went pear-shaped and we'd agreed that, that the moment, you know, that that was there, which is why we turned... So it ended up being a five-hour event in the end last year. Instead um, of, instead and of. I can say not not a single person coming across the finish line said to me, no, I want to keep going. Or we told them. <laughs> can we do it the yeah, They all thanked us because <laughs> they would have, um, which is why you need to have yeah. a plan in place because yeah. people would have kept on going. Yeah. And and we had had the early signs that some people were really starting to struggle out there and mm. let's jump off this before you know, there's ambulances turning up and those sorts of things. What about a temperature cut? Like just to say, all right, we're calling the race off. And yep. you might have that in the waiver when they sign up to say, all right, as soon as it's over 40 it's, it's, degrees, yeah. we're going to call the event So off. I guess that was, the, that was the depths of our conversations in the fortnight leading up to the event when it became obvious that the temperature was heading that way, mm. was do we just accept mm. a blanket temperature means that we're going to stop it? And what we'd agreed to was that we had enough experience around the course. Um, there's some unique things on the course. Being a loop course is that you've got... The first aid guys halfway around um, at one spot. You've got us at the main hub. Um, we could have access to, to ice and water to be cooling body temperatures at both those locations. That we have running wild committee as teams looping the course constantly with radio contact um, and identified bibs that are a different colour. So I guess there's a whole lot of factors that we went... We think that we've got enough on this course, and it's primarily in the shade is the mm. other thing. So yes, on the on the oval, the temperature was that, but the course is primarily in the shade, and that makes a huge difference. There was a couple of times around the four-hour mark we talked about bailing, and there was just enough breeze came through that when you put those numbers, it kept us going. But we, we sort of, yeah. So we decided for that event that we wouldn't just go a straight-line figure, but only because we could manage individuals yeah. and we could manage the event really on, on our plan mm. um, and that we would use the feedback that we were constantly getting from first aid on the course, from the running wild team going around and, and, and us at the finish, um, feedback on, on how runners were coping mm. as a measure. There was a hairy moment about an hour and a half in the lead female in the three hours pretty much fell over, but probably we gave lots of warning at the start about remember hot weather you need to back off, you know, like don't go charging this event like it's a June mm. event. And she probably, you know, the elite mindset of pushing hard, probably pushed pretty hard. Yeah. But outside of that, everybody else. And she was fine within a few minutes, you know, looked after, monitored, got the body temperature. It wasn't ridiculous at any stage, back under control. Um, yeah. So for the listeners that want to sign up, absolutely, <laughs> go to the uh, Running Wild website. And I would, uh, what I would say though, it is, it is, um, you know, the, the, all the stuff about the the, the the unofficial activities that we that we organise with BWMC. The, the crux of that is how do you create something that's in a social event where running's at the centre of it, yeah. as opposed to anything else, and and 
there's not a heat, you know, the Narrabeen All Nighters, another one that has it, you yeah. know, that, that laps and, and you can do pairs and teams. And outside of those two, I'm still, I'm genuinely stunned more people haven't picked the format up because yeah. that event, what well, we could sell that event out. No, people know that it's going to be 30 to 40 degrees so, uh, yeah. and we sell it out we could sell it out twice every year mm. um, we just have capacity on what we can manage as a not-for-profit organisation with with everything else and the track it's a 5k loop there's only so many people you can have going yeah. around at any point in time That's sort of thing great format yeah I loved it yeah it was good yeah it was good mate what, uh, what attracts you personally to, to a race to run like is it is, is the atmosphere? Is it that toughest race in Australia sort of situation? Like, well, I think I've figured out I'm not the toughest man in Australia a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I need the toughest race in Australia to attract me. Um, I, I don't know. I'm looking for things that are different. I suppose I, I do. I've, I've got a lot of background doing outdoor education, um, in what in working with schools and and events that are in the natural environment are a huge factor for me. Yeah. I've I've done a couple of road marathons. I may do one again. Maybe. At some point in time. If you can buy some shoes from the Yeah, that's right. If I could find the right shoes yeah. to wear. I've got to find some trail shoes that have got less grip on them or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so, so what attracts me? I don't know what the specific factors are. I know that if an, if an event doesn't catch my attention and I enter it, which I've done once or twice before, I... Don't go so crash hot because yep. you don't prepare. Yep. You know, last time I did UTA, I love the UTA course. I think it's one of the best courses mm. going. Last time I did the hundred, I did it just because it was a habit, yep. and I genuinely had averaged thirty kilometers a week running that year when I turned back. up to it, and then wondered why it took me four and a half, five hours longer yeah. than <laughs> last time I'd done it. And, yeah. and you're questioning yourself the whole time you're out there. Then what are you doing? So. Mm. So there has to be a strong factor that attracts you to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? I don't know. I'm planning on heading back down to Bogong to Hotham okay. this year. Yep. I've got 37 years. I mean, first 10K race, I was eight, it was 1982, Grossvale Fun Run, 10Ks, mm-hmm. and um, as an eight-year-old. and So I've got 37 years of, of running yep. in my legs, I think it is. I figured it out the other day. And in that 37 years, I have two DNFs. And it's my two attempts at Bogong to Hotham. So, right. so what's drawing me to Bogong to Hotham is, is I can't live with it. I can't sit here and accept that I can't finish that event. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and there's genuine. I genuinely had been sick both times I've gone down. I mean, it's just you can't turn up to that event. No. I can't. I'm at not at a level that I could turn up with anything not mm. spot on. It's so a tough cut off at halfway too. That's the it? other factor. It yeah. completely goes against how I like to run an event. I like. I, I like. I know if I, I need to build into races. I need to cruise the first half, no landmarks, and I'm going to start pushing a bit harder. And okay. Bogong to Hotham, which is great. I think it's great they've done it. You know, have deliberately set an event. They're going well. Let's let let's not pe- let people do that. Yeah. Let's make the cutoff halfway really hard, and give them heaps of time to do the second half. Yeah. But you get every, you know ninety percent of the field are going to be hanging on because they've destroyed themselves to make the cut. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, there's an element there, and it's a pretty spectacular country. I don't know, like it. It's um, it's a nice place to be. So yeah, so I guess that there's there's uh, there's challenge. I think challenge is a factor. Yeah, it's got to be something sure. that you see that you go, you know what, that that's it's gonna push me. That's gonna push me. Mm. Um, you know, Great North Walk when I did that, 
and I've only done one hundred miler, and mm. and I'll, I know I'll do another one at some point, mm. um, or at least you know find. But I've got to find the one that's going to interest me. I think is the thing. Like, what's a course that you? There's something about the description or people's stories from the course that inspire inspire you. Mm. The the racing the Dolomites, the um, Lavaredo. Lavaredo. That's the one that's got my. I mean, you know, two kids in primary school and yeah. single income is probably not on the next couple of years list, but but I would love love to do that one. I think more than almost anything. Which mm. amazing. Just read um, it's a the guy that wrote Running with the Kenyans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just written another book, The Rise of the Ultra Runner. I think it's mm, called. Okay. I just finished reading that. Yep. And he does this race in Wales that's called the Ring of Fire and it's a three-day race around the Isle of Anglesey, I think it is. Mm. And just having read his book, that's another one that's okay. caught my attention. I don't know what it is, but just the way it gets described. And, yeah, cool. Yeah, Put yeah. interest. Absolutely. And the Royal Double Ultra. Absolutely. Yeah. I would have been there this year. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. The, uh, too close to roll the dice. Too close to roll the dice and, and work was work was pretty interesting for me. Yep. For the first six months of this year, took a lot of energy and a mm-hmm. few other things, so I wasn't running well and wasn't doing anything to be honest. So, yeah, but it looks good. I think doing stage race is a great idea. I think that just like the the lap race concept, it's something mm-hmm. a bit different. Mm-hmm. And and I would love to come down if it's still on next year. I'd be super keen. To come on down. It's on. I reckon it's on, mate. We'll roll it out again. Yeah. But haven't not many people backed up and did the full fifty the uh, next day. Yeah, I think challenges only, out there. Yeah. I, we. I think we only had like ten or fifteen yeah. out of the sixty that entered that actually did fifty yeah. k's both days. No, I think that'd be the must do. If you're going to come and do it, mm. yeah. Do, do the fifty k's. Do the fifty fifty. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Looks good. So. um I was looking at some of your PBs, which were, were, were very impressive. So you've got um, you got your marathon was three three seventeen. Yeah. Your PB, your six foot time four twenty seven. Your your ten k time thirty five minutes, which was which is real. It's smart. pretty old now. Yeah, yeah. pretty old. That's, no, that's, uh, that's, that's back, back at uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really sharp. And then UTA fifteen hours fifteen. Yeah. So the real, the real obvious thing is, <laughs> the longer the race, the more you slow down. Absolutely, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. There's um, there's definitely something there. I uh, I, my capacity as the race gets longer, I yeah. find myself further back in in the field. And people that that you know, you're, you're at your park run, yeah, that are finishing a fair way behind are coming past me, yeah. Um, at a rate of knots. Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? Like some people are better suited at shorter distance. Some some are better suited at longer distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And well, it's just a shame that I'm attracted to the events that I don't do as well at. But that's okay. Well, it's not about winning, isn't it? It's well, about the experience. That's that sub elite nobody. I mean, no one's a nobody, but but it, you know, for for the vast majority of us, it's not about trying to win the race. We're not going to, yeah. you know, so. What are the other? You know, there's many other things that attract you to these events, like the challenge and the environment you're running through. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out on the course. Yes, the the Coastal Classic was on yesterday, um, and I was out on the course just as a volunteer at one of the checkpoints. You know, yeah. And uh, what I did take away from that is uh, once you get the first hundred people through that are pushing themselves, it seems like everyone else is smiling and enjoying themselves a lot more. You know, absolutely. And the further you go down through the pack 
the more people are happy and smiling yeah. and laughing and having a good time. So, you know, I would argue that the people that are taking their time are having a lot, having a lot, a lot more, more fun. Yeah. Than, you know. it's, it's our social activity, yeah. isn't it? It's how we're choosing to spend our recreational time. You want to make sure you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. So that was a good takeaway. Yeah. So, um, mate, I've got, to, I've got to ask you about Roll the Dice. Yep. So that's... Um, that's how we sort of first got got chatting, and you invited me along to your event, and it was just the second time that you've you've organised it and held the event. Yeah. Um, yeah. So start from the beginning, mate. How did you come up with the concept? You know, where's it held? What what gave you the idea for the different courses? Yeah. Assuming that that no one knows anything about it. Yeah. So I guess um, so roll the dice came about because I cracked it. Must you know one day just. Not really dealing myself very well with the fact that different people do these events for different motivations. Mm. And, and this rise of people, there's a huge increase in the number of people that you know, meticulously prepare for an event mm. and spend every weekend for the three months leading up to it on the course, training on the course, getting the course spot down. And, and I've now accept that different people are motivated by different things and that's great that they do that. But I sort of snapped and just went, this is ridiculous. Like, how can you be getting any enjoyment or sense of adventure from running through the bush when you can probably memorize, you've probably memorised every stride you're going to take on the course? Yeah. Um, and so just sort of... And, and some people have had some great runs doing that, you know, which is good. That's what they're after. They want to improve their time. I was looking for adventure and stuff in, in how I do events. So got chatting with, um, I could sort of develop this idea in my head. How can you create an event where people can't train on the course? Because one, I'm not going to tell them where the course is. And two, even once they learn where the course is, they're going to have no control over what they've got to do next. Like, how do you put that random element into it was sort of the whole essence of it. And so I sort of had hatched a bit of an idea and and I didn't want to give too much away to anyone, but I just was chatting with Shane Simpson at the running shop and said, can I float, you know, you've done a lot of endurance events, can I float an idea by you? Do you do you think people would be interested in, in this event where where I'm not telling them where it is. Um, I'll tell them it's somewhere in the blue, you know, it's going to be in the Blue Mountains. Um, <laughs> and, and, it's a big and, area. And, and I'll tell you where you, you know, at this, turn up to this place at this time yeah. and we'll tell you where the hub is. Um, and then you'll have an hour and a half to get to the hub, get set up. You'll get your maps when you get to the hub. Yeah. Um, so you'll know what the, the, the courses are that you've got to take on. Uh, I'm not telling you... I think I did tell them they were going to be based on that year, the first year 5K loops. Um, and then essentially, you know, you, what, what you have to do for the next 24 hours comes down to what number you roll the dice. So the first year was pretty simple. So Shane thought it was a great idea. He sort of went, yeah, definitely. Um, there's heaps of people that would be keen. And then he came back to me and at that point I was looking to run it somewhere else. And he'd said, would you consider trying to organise it from from the cafe, 2773 here? Mm-hmm. And um, after a bit of thought, I figured out I could come up with some pretty good loops for people to do out of the cafe that were that were going to get them into the bush each loop. So yeah, the first year was a really simple, was really quite a simple concept. You had you had uh, five loops, so each five k's roughly, um, as close as I ever get my measurements accurate. And and you roll the dice. If you roll the one, you're on loop one. Roll the two, and if you roll the six, you can you get the joy of choosing okay. what you do next. Basically, was the concept. Um, and then 
threw a few other things in, you know, 12 hours in. There was just like a Monopoly board, but they were just empty squares except for four, the four corners. And then 12 hours in, I introduced the game changer cards. So if you landed on that, you had to pull a card. And the best one was, see, and this is the thing. So that first year, I floated the idea with Kerry Sutter, who I was talking for the 100 mile, or I had no idea how you train. What's the difference between 100 Ks and 100 miles? Did a lot of research into different coaching methods and thought his concept of, you know, he's just seven sessions prioritised from the most important to the least important matched my lifestyle really well because mm. um, I'd been talking with him a bit around around that sort of stuff. I just floated with him, would you be interested? If you're in Australia, I'm putting this thing on, um, would you be keen? That conversation ended up with seven people flying from New Zealand to, to do, do to do the, the roll of the dice. They had, with no idea... Like no idea at all, other than that it was 24 hours. Mm. When they got to Australia, they were going to be told where the event was and that they'd be rolling a dice. That's all they knew. And seven of them flew from New Zealand over and That's did it, cool. which was unreal. And it made it just added to the atmosphere. Yeah. But Chris Townley, who organises the Blue Lake 24-hour, which is a similar... It's a one lap around a 5K loop for 24 hours over there. He was one of the guys. And he drew this game-changer card that basically said... Everybody has to run their loops in the opposite direction. So you don't get the directions written. You've got to start at the bottom and read and read them backwards okay. and try and figure out where it Left says turn. Right. That's right. So everything's around the wrong way. And, at four in the morning or something. And so basically everyone had to do that until Chris came back from his next loop. Yeah. And he went, can I just clarify, until I come back from my next loop, everyone has to run backwards. I said, yeah, and he proceeded to then go and sit in the corner for three hours. <laughs> said, I'm not even starting, let alone coming back. And just so, like, it was just, it was unreal. So they had these sort of game-changer cards. A few, there was one that was, there was a hill out the back that you had to go up and down the hill ten times rather than do the loops and just things like that that were just out of your control so you can't get your mind, you know, really prepared for it. It's the whole idea. So I guess, yeah, the whole idea is putting people in a scenario where where every half an hour they don't know what's happening next mm-hmm. and whatever you get, you've got to figure out how to manage that because the courses exactly. are deliberately set up so that some are hilly, some are road, some are... And so yeah, the, the biggest learnings the first year was that the hardest part was in the last six hours, is which next year if you come up, I'll get you to stay for the full 24. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you can experience it. Yeah. Um, is... Um, that last six hours, the thing that people had the most difficulty with was actually rolling the dice. Like they'd stand there with it in their hand and go, I don't want to roll this dice because if I roll a six again, like this year it was different, it wasn't a choice, you know. Mm-hmm. If I roll six again, I don't know how I'm going to manage. And so there was more anxiety about rolling the dice not knowing what loop they're going to go on than there was on having to actually do yeah, it right. once they'd rolled it sort of thing. So um, so look, but at the end of that year, they all everyone had a ball they had like you know it was a great time it's really good so this year so this year we tried to just i'd sort of told everybody that you know at the end of last year clearly the whole thing doesn't work if you just turn up to 2773 again and run 5k loops because you already know the four like you you can prepare for that Mm -hmm. the idea is you can't prepare for it Mm -hmm. so i guess this year i'd sort of told everybody that was my exact line. It can't all be the same. You can't, and I deliberately led with, you can't just turn up to 2773 and do 5K loops because you've done that before. It has to all be different, so I'm not telling you where it is. 
Um, so everybody was trying to guess where we we're going to base this hub. And so their assumption was that it would still be five 5K loops, but the yeah. venue would change. Mm. So that sort of threw, for everyone that had done the first year, that probably threw a lot of them straight away, the fact that we ended up back at the cafe as okay. the same hub. Because yeah. you um, walk just down to the train station. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. Everyone's got sleeping bags because you don't know what to pack because it starts yeah. at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Right. So you're starting at mm-hmm. 9 at night. And you're going for 24 hours, so you really don't know what to expect or where you're going to start That's from. That's right. Because you were saying, don't expect it to be at the same place. Yep. We're going to go down to the train station at this time, so everyone's assuming we're getting on the train, so it's not going to be the same hub, yep. our group anyway. And um, yeah, it's just that unknown that sort of gives you that anxiety yep. and that uncertainty. And then, it, and it wasn't until five minutes before the race started, you get given a race pack to go, guess what, we've got seven different courses yeah. and there's seven different distances and here's the maps. Yeah. Roll the dice and try and find so, your course and off you go. That's you it. Okay. That, was, that was the big thing this year was I, I'm not a game-playing person. I don't know much about Dungeons and Dragons and all those things, but my brother-in-law and some of the others do. If you want to tell us about it. Yeah. But, so I got you're in a safe place. That's right. I got introduced <laughs> halfway through the year to this concept that not all dice have six sides. I had no idea that there was dice that... So when I found out there was eight and 20-sided dice, my head just started exploding with possibilities for what it could be. Yeah. Uh, and I really... One of the things that I loved last year, which we hadn't in the first year, was how much... And this comes back to that social thing. How much people just went... Like the very first roll of the dice, everyone was straight away... Who else rolled a two? I'm on a two. Who's doing loot two? Let's yeah. do loot two. Yeah. Then they and I thought, okay, that's good. When they came back, because everyone's still in groups, because everyone had run roughly five k's. Everyone came back very similar times on the first loop, mm. and it happened straight away again, which is what surprised me. Roll the dice. I'm on a one this time. Who's on a one this time? And so these groups kept on heading out, mm. which made it brilliant mm. throughout the whole. And that just continued for the whole thing. So it was brilliant. But similar people were pairing up with each other quite regularly. And I wanted to force them to not be able to just run with the same person they know well all the time. So that's where the idea of for this year having different distance loops. So yeah. you might both be on loop three together. Yeah. But and that's three kilometers roughly. Mm. But if you roll the seven and you roll the two, mm. well you're not gonna you might not see each other at the hub again mm. for six, hours. seven hours. Yeah. Um so that was the whole idea, forcing people to run with different people, yeah, um, which, which, which happened, yeah, it happened, yeah, yeah. it made heaps of people. It was great, yeah. And uh, um, my only downfall was I rolled three sevens in a row, <laughs> so I got to know the, the seven k loop yep. pretty well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Last last year, so Greg Brown that was there again this year, um, and because this year the five k, if you rolled the five, you had the choice of any of last year's five k loops, hmm. and you could make the choice to, you know, you just. Loop one suits me, so every time I roll a five, I'm going to do five point one. Or if you collected the five different loops, it gave you another free choice of any loop you wanted later in the game. And so people had to choose: Am I going to do the loop that I like, or I'm going to do these other two loops that I know from last year or from talking to people about last year aren't going to be real good for me? But the benefit is I get to get a free choice, and it was really interesting. At the end of the twenty four hours, there was three guys who cracked a hundred miles. In the event. Fair enough. Yeah, so Stephen Redfern, um, Nathan Douglas. So Nathan Douglas is a local guy, owns owns a cabinetry business, Warrimoo Kitchen's up there, got into running four or five years ago, always been sporty, and last year cracked 100 miles in 21 hours, right? And 
Freak. never having done a 100k event before wow. just kept just went and just then this year the this year and i think yeah. this year's courses it was a harder like the courses were harder mm-hmm. to get distance was a harder thing mm-hmm. there was more climbing more sort of single track and yeah. stuff to slow you down so nathan and Stephen redfern ended up in the last hour going just going like head to head they were within 300 meters of each other okay. how far they'd been going and and kept on rolling um in the end part mainly through like a roll of the dice mm. um i think nathan ended up with about six or seven hundred meters further than Stephen had ended up with um on the day and then, but then another guy mark rawlings who's come over from triathlon into trail running the last year and a half two years um he cracked out a hundred miles like an hour and a half before the other two but his goal was to do a hundred miles so he got to a hundred miles and went that's me i'm done i've done a hundred miles yeah but he rolled he came in and he needed seven k's and he rolled a six which for the ones that did the six was the really hilly (laughs) and there was a bit where you're clambering down glenbrook creek like about 500 meters where the was a track there once it might not be so clear these days and he just his eyes just fell out of his head and he didn't say a word he just went and did it. But he'd been... So, but then he, the, the other side of that was that not only did he get the course that least suits him, yeah. he, um, he was, was left with... Short. He was a K short. So he was left with having to roll and running the risk of rolling seven. Another six. Which ah. means he would have had to... Or another six. Yeah. So he would have ended up... like His goal was to do 100 miles and stop. Yeah. And he could have found himself doing six, seven Ks more than he wanted to based on that. He ended up getting a one. Which, ah. which I was very disappointed. I wanted to see him head out. Um... But, um, yeah, it's just that. But he chose to do the 5.1 every time he rolled a 5 because he knew it suited him. So he had no free choice. Mm-hmm. Um, where Nathan and Steve had made it their goal really quickly to um, to collect all the 5s as soon as... You know, every time, systematically, you could see them. If I roll a 5, I'm doing 5.1, then I'm doing 5.2. Yeah. I don't care what... I've just got to get those. So I've got another free choice because they knew late in the game that you want that option yeah. to be able to choose what you do sort of thing. So... Yeah, it's great good. event. I'm super keen. So it's it's yeah. an invite only event. How many? It has, how, well, how many? So how many? Sorry, I won't bring it. How many? How many participants do? You, how many participants so, do you? Interestingly, have? interestingly, after our conversations around national parks and fat ass events, I've been aware for a while that that I'm sitting on the edge of probably okay. of what they're happy or not happy with. It's not you know. There's no entry fees. Same thing. It's all the same stuff. Is it official? Like as far as the no, Blue Mountains no, Council, it's, no. fat, it's, it's just it's right. just if you're interested it's in coming and okay. having a day doing some training together. Okay, good. Um, is the scenario, but I, I did get a phone call this year, and they were very polite. Right. Um, just you know, just, can you tell us a bit about your event? About how many people? Oh, I think um, there's a bit of there's a fair amount of like within BWMC and a few guys that are in it. A fair amount of photos and stuff went up, right. yeah. and they have got cameras. Yeah, most of our loops didn't even go into National Park. Mm, yeah. um, there was only Loop 6, really, that touches on the National Park at all. But you run past the gate. So I think they probably got wind that something had happened, mm. had a look at the cameras that are on and seen you know, this flow of individuals throughout right. the night coming in. So they were just asking questions. But I have learned... That too many questions, I think. Too many. <laughs> the, the magic number seems to be 40, from what they were saying from our phone call. How um, many did you have this year? 38. Oh, okay. 38 national parks so yeah. I definitely had 38 yeah. um, so I had less than the 40 I had no idea yeah. that 40 was the number mm-hmm. um, that was just the number we picked as what's manageable for just people that want to come along and have mm-hmm. some fun and 
And so I guess, yeah, the, the reason it's been invite is is for that very reason. It's got to be... It, yeah, it's yeah. just... It's got to be people that I'm confident can look after themselves. Yeah. You know, 5Ks, you're not pushing yourself off too far into the bush or anything, mm-hmm. but it is 24 hours and... And there's a few things we put in there to try and check everyone's all right, but I just need to make sure that people are going to do the right thing. Yeah, if you don't know. How do you, will you, will you come along next year? Mate, I'm sold. Yeah. How good. You can. Yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. just was talking Great to Kel about the possibilities for next year as I came down. So uh, we're just, again, on the thing that it has to be different. So how, how are we going to make it different so people think they know what they're coming to, but there's going to be elements that, They've got to figure out in mm. front of them. Yeah. So I've got some good ideas. I think we'd, we'd book some accommodation. I think that would be key <laughs> next time. We'd yeah. Book some accommodation. For the night after. Yeah. Well, either or. <laughs> it was interesting. I will note. So there was three of you in the car together. Yeah. And and I had three people come and tell me and apologise. They had to go. Yeah. And everyone blamed one of the other people in the car for having to go early. Yeah. Just right. so you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not one to point the finger, but rookie wanted out. <laughs> Always been soft, rookie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, we um. So we started at nine. Did it start raining at midnight or one a.m.? Yes, it must have been. Yeah, it would have been about twelve thirty. Yeah. Twelve, twelve thirty. That the rain. You yeah. got a bit of a sprinkle happening. Yeah, coming so, through. So like we start. Yeah, so we started at nine, and then about twelve thirty, it started raining. So three and a half hours of running. I, I think those three beers that I had for dinner before the run didn't help. But anyway. Yeah. Um, and then I remember doing laps like at about one o'clock in the morning, and I, and it was a long because I kept rolling sevens. Yeah. And um and it was a long lap, and Rookie was on one of the laps with me, and there was a group. It was about six of us doing this lap. No one said a word. Like it was one a.m. <laughs> oh, really? No one talked. It was raining. You know, it was miserable. Oh. And we come in. I said to Rookie, "Had nothing." as yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Simone was driving, and so um, Simone being the freak she is, we were both hoping that she wanted to call it quits too. And she came in and she, was, she looked like a drowned cat. And uh, we go, how was your run? She goes, I'm ready to go. <laughs> she was because she was uh, she wasn't running until the week of it. Yeah, she was she was going to come up and give me a hand, just coordinating okay. stuff. And yeah. and about a week out, she'd sent a few messages going, oh, this looks really good. So I'd, I'd said, you know, you want to run, you can, and um, I can manage. <laughs> and yeah, so she only jumped in pretty late to actually yeah. run. I think she was waiting to see. It wasn't long after her track. Yeah, yeah she'd done two hundred k's on the track. Yeah. So you can't blame her. Yeah, but yeah, we uh, we well, all... you guys did on the night. You... Yeah, yeah, we all pulled the pin about two a.m. But um, if yeah. we go, we're doing it properly. Yeah, if we go, we do it properly. Yeah. But I think yeah, if you if you book a house and you're not relying on anyone to you drive up and drop, you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, but uh, yeah, I can say that we're all definitely ready to pull the pin at the same time. The one thing I would say is there's a f- massive chance that that. Booking your like bailing short term mm-hmm. is not going to be an option next year in terms of how it's set up. So okay, so there's a big chance, and I'll, anyone that that you know. So number one, I didn't say at the start, it's a board game that involves running. That's a big thing for people to know. We're playing a board game because okay. you know, in terms of risk assessments for a board right. game, yeah, you know, what do you need to do? Um, it's a board game that might involve some physical activity, a bit like charades, um, and. And but but yeah, certainly next year there's a few things that we're looking to create that mean I'll, I'll make it really clear to people, like where this last two years going home, 
particularly the locals, the amount of them that went home and had six hours sleep in their beds and came back, oh, it's right. not on, not happening anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah major soft um, aspects there. So it's probably not just the structure of the event will mean that that's not necessarily the option. So, do you sit at home like stroking a white cat, <laughs> thinking about this shit? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. The cat has no fur. No, that's right. He's rubbed it off. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, no, because people want to. I just want to do things that challenge people. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you rubbing people? your hands together like this, <laughs> licking your lips? I just want to suffer. Oh, I mean, I mean, I've got pages of pages of notes. Yeah. Nah, that's it. <laughs> so, um, so no, very very keen to keep it going. I do have to go back and look at some national parks documents to make sure I'm working. That was pretty clear, which is fair enough. They've got their yeah. they've got their stuff. They've got to manage. So so that might influence how we run it or where we run it, depending on, on how things go. Um, but it will certainly be an opt-in and have fun sort of thing. And look, again, the whole thing is about creating communities of people that mm. turn up somewhere and mm. and meet some new people and do yeah. some running while they're doing it and hopefully enjoy themselves. Yeah. Like-minded nutcases. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Normalising behaviour. <laughs> it was good fun. That's good. Well, on that note, I might finish it up. Yeah. So um, that, it was awesome chatting to you, mate. Uh, and and thanks. thanks for uh, sharing your sadistic interests. <laughs> um, it was a uh, good chat. And, uh, mate, it was uh, look forward to hearing about your other events and, and seeing that unfold in the future. Absolutely. The next one for people to look at, which is definitely not a localised thing, it's definitely, um, for anyone that's interested in policy stuff, it's definitely not an event. Um, it's just promoting the concept of between Christmas and New Year, finding somewhere you can go for a run, find a waterhole, have a swim halfway around jump back out, run back, have a coffee or something afterwards. Okay. So um, there's been some guys local here, Paul Burgess, I don't even know Paul, yeah. him and his, um, he's organised one locally here the last couple of years, but I'll be pushing that out pretty soon. Okay. It is more social. It's, you know, just... <laughs> and what is his non-event called? Uh, week of Waterhole Wanderings okay. is the idea. And again, it's just brothers in Canberra, friends in Queensland, right. just through that week between Christmas and New Year, get out in the mornings and have a lot of people on holidays, mm. use the time to go for a run, catch up with some people, have a swim somewhere that's nice. And Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So I'll, I'll, there'll be stuff coming up soon. So uh, where do people find you, mate, if they want to know about all this crazy um, shit you got going on? Oh, look, I, you know, everyone's in social media, aren't they? Strava. I don't hide anything. I'm public profile everywhere on the theory that, that if I don't want anyone to know about it, I won't put it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just I think it's I think I'm just Ben Berryman at everything. So yeah. Instagram is Ben Berryman and and uh, Facebook. I tend not to f- do friend requests too much on Facebook because of too many ex students. I can't remember whether they're ex students or not. And yeah. Who? What do I need to know? Yeah. Around that. Um. But Blue Mountains Marathon Clinic. Yeah. It's in Facebook. That's it's, where um, you keep everyone updated. That's where I keep everyone updated. Um. Big thing with that is a couple of years ago it became really obvious that that the marketing companies started pushing profiles into groups to mm-hmm. push ver- you know to either gather information or yeah. or push products so we have set up some questions that you need to answer yeah. and if you don't answer them I don't put them in because okay. it's just my way of I don't actually the answers don't matter too much it's just me can I get some indication that hopefully this is an actual person not a robot not a robot sort of thing yeah so if anyone's keen yeah Blue Mountains Marathon Clinic shoot a 
answer the questions and request to join and and um and we'll jump on in there and i said all instagram there's a blue mountains marathon clinic instagram page as well yeah um same thing blue mountains marathon clinic i've got to actually find the the uh password for that though i haven't had a post for a year or so because i forgot the password <laughs> <laughs> Got to find it. So that, that's a job to do in the next month or so. Such a um, pro. <laughs> to keep getting that stuff out. And then Strava. I'm on Strava. It's not on Strava. It's the rules, isn't it? It's not on yeah. Strava. I agree. Doesn't I happen. Agree. Yeah. No, no, no hidden training. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Great chat. And uh, just a reminder to our listeners to subscribe uh, to get our latest episodes or follow us. All right. Thanks, mate. No I'll problem. See you for a run soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy. Thank you.